0: 3. Listen to these words, starting verse 14. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart, O daughter of Jerusalem. The Lord has taken away your punishment. He has turned back your enemy. The Lord, the King of Israel, is with you. Never again will you fear any harm On that day they will say to Jerusalem, do not fear, O Zion, do not let your hands hang limp. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love. He will rejoice over you with singing. The sorrows for the appointed feast I will remove from you. They are a burden and approached, a reproach to you. At that time, I will deal with all who oppressed you. I will rescue the lame and gather those who have been scattered. I will give them praise and honor in every land where they were put to shame. At that time, I will gather you. At that time, I will bring you home. I will give you honor and praise among all the peoples of the earth." When I restore your fortunes before your very eyes, says the Lord, we will go that far. It's a good word. <clears throat> Deck the halls with boughs of holly, fa la 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 la. Tis the season to be jolly, fa la la la. La 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 la. Nice. I was hoping you would join in because you didn't want to hear me do that all alone. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Rejoice, joy. Oh, that's what this whole season is about, right? It is. Sure, it is. It's all about joy. Joy is everywhere. It's all around us. We see it at the mall, we see it at shopping centers. We see joy on commercials on TV. Yay, it's Christmas morning. I walk out my I look out my front window and there's a brand new shiny car with a big honk and bow on it. I'm so much filled with joy. There's joy even in advertisements. There's There's joy in those Hallmark Christmas specials that y'all like to watch if you're into that sort of thing. Joy. This is the season of joy. It's everywhere, all around us. Joy, just waiting to be seen. Joy, just waiting to be experienced. Joy. Don't you just love the season of joy? Because this is the season of joy. It's also the season of winter Christmas concerts in schools. Uh, Renee and I, we got to go to Caleb's a band and orchestra concert last Thursday, and there's, some, there's just something about this time of year when these concerts are being put on, and there's something about, there's something about watching middle school kids nervously fidget on stage and play their instruments with all their hearts that just brings so much joy to mommies and daddies and grandparents, joy. This is the season of joy. My kid can play the violin. I can't play the violin. I think that's awesome, and it fills me with joy. This is the season of joy. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your hearts. But let's be honest about something here. This season isn't all joy for some reason there's something else lurking underneath the surface that we that we try our best not to acknowledge but uh, we really can't we really can't avoid it's it's sort of a an alternative narrative we could call it christmas grouchiness or christmas maybe christmas crabbiness uh, there we even have a literary tradition around it right we've we've got um, we've got Ebenezer Scrooge right he's an old man who likes to say bah humbug we've got we've got Dr. Seuss's the Grinch like there's a whole literary tradition around this by the way have any of you seen the new iteration of the Grinch on the big screen anybody it's good you should go we saw it it's really good right the Grinch it's such in fact it's such a good story and it connects with something around Christmas time this idea of Christmas grouchiness that people keep remaking that story. But think about the Grinch, right? He hated Christmas, right? No one knows why. Maybe his shoes were too tight or his heart was two times too small, right? But, and you know what happens on Christmas Eve, he steals Christmas. He steals Christmas, all of it, stockings and gifts trees and wreaths all the lights he puts them in his big bag and he takes them to the top of the cliff and he's going to throw them off because he hates christmas christmas grouchiness it's out there just spend some time at the mall or spend some time at any shopping center and uh and you're bound you're bound to run into it you'll see people sort of elbowing each other in line Like as they wait impatiently for the person at the front of the line who's asking the clerk all sorts of useless questions, and you're like, come on, can I just buy my stuff already? You'll witness people stealing parking spots from you or other people in the the lot, and then people will stare each other down like, oh, you knew I was going to get that spot, and you took it anyway. You'll see other people fly through the mall, and they'll try to avert their eyes, and they don't want to make eye contact with anyone. Right? It's not all candy canes and cute little reindeer out there. And it's no wonder either. I mean, if you think about it, we, we live in a highly anxious time. We live in divided times where people are constantly at each other from either side. There are powerful people who are, who are being investigated and some of them are being thrown in jail and nobody knows what, what is gonna happen. And we're all kind of wondering how how do we get through this? How do we move forward through this? Right? We're told that we have to be afraid of the other, the people who are different from us, the people who are just across the border are threatening us, and we have to we have to fear. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Rejoice, sing, don't worry. Yeah easier said than done right we worry about all sorts of things we've got bills to pay we've got kids to raise christmas can be a really stressful stressful time we worry about all sorts of things we worry about whether or not we got equal gifts for our own children. We worry about whether or not those gifts that we've, that we've purchased for other people will be the right gift and that they will receive it and they will feel like, oh, they love me. And, and, and they, they, we worry about how in the world we're gonna pay for all these things when the credit card bill comes in January. We worry about all sorts of things. We, sometimes it gets too much and we experience what we might call Christmas depression. We worry about the family gatherings that we're going to have because there are some people in our own families that we're like, I don't know if I want to spend that much time with them. Not me personally. I don't have anybody in my family like that. I don't want my mom to worry. But some of us have that worry. Right? Some, of us, some of us worry because we know we're going to be grieving another celebration without someone that we love so dearly. Sing, O daughter of Zion, shout aloud, O Israel, be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Those are the words that are with us. You know, Zephaniah, it's a really interesting little book. And if you read the whole thing, uh, you would understand why. In fact, I, I, I challenge you to do that. Just read the whole thing. It's only three chapters long. If you're bored with what I'm saying, you can read it right now. If you'd like to, you can read it later when you get home. You'll figure out why this is such an interesting book. It's got to be one of the most unpleasant, boring, gloomiest, most depressing books in all of the Bible. For most of the book, Zephaniah goes on this rant about how horrible things are, about how worthless things are. Like, people are terrible. He has absolutely nothing good to say. In fact, for the first two and a half chapters of this book, he talks about how bad things are, and he says that basically they're so bad that there's, and so unjust, things are so unequal, things are so terrible, that the only thing left for God to do is to just wipe the slate clean and start all over. Let's forget this whole gig. I'm going to wipe the whole thing clean and I'm going to start over. Listen to what God says in chapter 1. I will sweep away everything from the face of the earth, declares the Lord, what got underneath your skin, God? I will sweep away both people and animals. What did the animals do? I will sweep away the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. The wicked will have only heaps of rubble when I cut off people from the face of the earth, declares the Lord. And then, after two and a half chapters of Nothing but doom and gloom and judgment suddenly without warning. Out of the blue, there's this. Sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. The Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He will take great delight in you. He will quiet you with His love. He will rejoice over you with singing. So for two and a half chapters, it's doom and gloom and doom and gloom. I'm going to start over. I'm going to kill everything. I'm going to start from scratch. And then there's sing, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O Israel. Rejoice and be glad with all your heart. Apparently, There's something more going on in the world that is more important than evil and despair and injustice. Apparently, there is something more real and more profound than all the doom and gloom we see and experience. Apparently, there's a kind of light shining through and chasing away all the darkness. So Zephaniah says, be glad rejoice with all your heart so good a few hundred years later there's this guy named paul he's sitting in a dark damp cold nasty cell prison cell somewhere in in the roman empire we're not really sure where but what we do know is that he was waiting to be transported to rome where he would face trial and most likely execution Do you know what he wrote his friends in a small little church in Philippi? Guy's waiting to be transported to his death. Do you know what he wrote his friends in Philippi who were probably also facing persecution and torture and possibly death? This is what he wrote. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Now why in the world Would a guy who's sitting in a dark cell waiting to be executed, why would he write a thing like that? Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Because there's something more. There's something more. There's something more going on in the world. And the only appropriate response to it is joy. It's joy, not guilt. Not shame, not sadness, not fear, not grieving, not regret, joy. Joy is the only response to it. There's something more going on in the world that is so good and so full of grace and so beautiful that nothing in our lives can overcome it. There's, there's something more that is so bright that nothing can put it out. And we know what that something was, and we know what that something is. We know how God shows us that He is mighty to save. Don't we? Yeah, we do. On a dark night a couple of thousand years ago, there were some shepherds out in their fields watching their flocks by night when all of a sudden they were scared out of their minds when there appeared before them angels Who lit up the night sky and filled the whole place with singing and Then they heard one of the angels say do not be afraid Do not be afraid I Bring you good news great joy That will be for all the people not some of the people it will be for all the people A little while later, there were these wise men who were making their way from the east. And when they saw a bright star shining in the sky, Matthew tells us that they were overwhelmed with what do you think? They were overwhelmed with joy. And then there was this little baby boy. He was born in Bethlehem. Do you know what they named him? They named him Jesus. And he grew up just like we grow up. He experienced life just like we experience life. He loved people, healed people, saved people, forgave people. And as he did, guess what? The people, they were filled with joy. He came to serve, not to be served. He gathered around himself this group of followers, and then he taught them this different way of living. A way of living where if you want to be first... You have to be last. He taught this group of followers how to love and heal and forgive. And as they did, they were filled with joy. He taught them that the greatest joy that you can experience in this life comes from bringing joy to other people's lives. And then then the world killed him for it. And it seemed like doom and gloom and grouchiness had won. But it didn't. It didn't win. Because three days later, Jesus unlocked the tomb and walked out alive, resurrected. And again, the people were filled with joy. And before he left them, he breathed his spirit into them. And he essentially said this, You've experienced joy You've experienced new life in me. You've been taught this new way of living now. Now go into the world and give joy away. Love, heal, forgive, share my joy with the world, work with me in doing things like rescuing the lame and gathering the scattered. They did, and because they did, and because people after them did, and because the people after them did all along the line, now here we are gathered together 2,000 years later, filled with joy. So good. At my previous church before we, we took this gig in Michigan, we had this thing that we would do every Thanksgiving um, every Thanksgiving, we would uh, buy a bunch of frozen turkeys. And we would gather them at church, and then we would fill a whole bunch of grocery bags with all the with all the Thanksgiving Day fixins, right? So full meals. Uh, then we would partner with another little church in Northwest Grand Rapids called Acts Gospel Ministry, and we would pass these dinners out to people who, for whatever reason, were unable to unable to purchase these things on their own. I think one year we gave, away, we gave away 90 Thanksgiving dinners, which was pretty good for a couple of little churches in western Michigan. Right, well, the last year that we were there, there was this woman in our church who was quite apprehensive about going. She wasn't sure if she wanted to go. Her name was Beth. Well, she decided to go anyway, and after she got back, she wrote me an email. I still have it because I like to save things that are this good. I'd like you to hear what she said about her experience. Hi, Pastor Aaron. I just wanted to share some thoughts and experiences I had after going to Acts on my Sunday morning. I have always given to the poor, but somewhat antiseptically. I always bought food, clothing, or wrote a check. I never had the opportunity to put a face on poverty. I've given from myself, but not of myself. Oh, how self-aware was this woman? So good. I'll admit I was somewhat nervous about going. I wasn't sure how people were going to feel about us coming in from the suburbs and playing bountiful giver. I shouldn't have worried. All I saw was relief in their eyes and gratitude in their smiles. It was a wonderful feeling. As we were leaving there, there was a man who had received food walking ahead of us on his cell phone. He was telling the party on the other end, man, I got everything for Thanksgiving. I even got the pan to cook it in. God is good all the time. He then became aware of us and turned around and all I could do was smile and say amen brother so good apprehensive about going nervous she goes she gives of herself brings joy to other people's lives and she's like amen brother and she is filled with joy Why do we followers of Jesus get involved in things like that? Why do we followers of Jesus put ourselves out there like that? Why do we followers of Jesus collect gift cards in order to deliver them to a women's shelter? Why do we followers of Jesus suspend what we normally do on a Sunday morning and instead Trapes on over to Walmart and fill up a bunch of grocery bags, 1,133 pounds worth, and then later on deliver them to Micah to replenish their food pantry. Why do we do things like that? Because we've been filled with joy, and joy is meant to be shared, It's always meant to be shared. Think about what happens when you experience something and it brings you so much joy. What do you have to do? You have to get on the phone, call somebody, and you have to say, man, you'll never believe what just happened because joy is always meant to be shared. Why do we get involved in things like that? Because we believe that there is more going on in the world that is more important than all the evil and despair and injustice that we see, because we believe that there is something that is more real and more profound going on than all the doom and gloom that we see in the world. Look, because of the birth of a baby boy in Bethlehem, there is good news of great joy for all the people whoever they are, wherever they are, and whatever it is that is happening to them. Because of the man the child became, the love and the compassion that he embodied, because, because his followers have found in him courage and hope in times of tragedy, there is good news of great joy for all the people. And because today, wherever you find yourself, God will come to you, and God is mighty to save. So, in the busyness of the days ahead, look for, wait for, pay attention to, celebrate the joy. Even in the midst of the darkness, celebrate the joy. And if you're having a hard time experiencing the joy, try bringing a good dose of joy to someone else's life. And you know what? That joy will come back to you. It always does. And when it does, you might just hear these words ringing in your head. Sing. Shout aloud. Be glad and rejoice with all your heart. Let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thanks for this word. God, we know that that this season can bring all kinds of different stresses. And that it's easy for us to get caught up in doom and gloom. We can experience a kind of Christmas depression. But we know, oh God, and we believe that there's more going on in the world than just that. We believe, oh God, that you are alive and well and that you are present in this world making all things new and that brings us joy and you've given us joy help us oh God to continue to figure out new and innovative ways as individuals and as a a collection of people here to, to share your joy with the world to partner with you in whatever it is you're up to God thank you in Jesus name Amen. Let's stand and sing.